Okay, well, welcome to the final edition, not the final final edition of the Bristol City Podcast, but the final edition before we go into the uh, World Cup that everybody's uh, looking forward to. Uh, City didn't get the win that everybody hoped they get, but a point against a side that is nestled in the top four is always a good uh, thing to have. The final score at Ashton Gate yesterday, it finished City nil. Watford nil. Joining me are back from holiday, Mark, Ian, and uh, Neil. Um, guys, I'll come to you each in in turn. Uh, Neil, n- nice and brief. Those who have just been listening have heard it already. But uh, are you feeling positive after uh, after yesterday's game and going into the break? Well, I'm feeling I'm feeling positive in the sense, Dave, that there was a team out there yesterday that played for the manager. I felt you know it could have easily, after the Lincoln result, gone out there. We could have dropped into the bottom three, going into the World Cup and all the rest of it. And what I saw was a committed display by the team on the front foot, dominant in some ways, and they really played for the manager yesterday, whether it was the whole Baker thing at half-time, you know, that galvanised the team or whatever. But we did feel like, uh, well, we certainly didn't look like a team that potentially could be struggling for relegation later on in the season. Okay, Ian, would you uh, share that view? Well, um, I thought the performance defensively over 90 minutes was our best of the season. We never looked in any real trouble. The um, performance from an attacking perspective over 90 minutes wasn't. And once again, we dominated a game as we did against Sheffield United. And we only picked up one point. We didn't score. And that is, if you look at our our form, that's not a blip. We've been doing that over the last 10 games. Mm. And uh, it's something that needs to be addressed in that break. Okay, Mark, your thoughts? I thought it was a a good point one, uh, considering that we only restricted Watford to just two shots in the whole 90 minutes, none, none that were on none target. target yeah. Andy King at centre-back might have frightened some people. It certainly scared me, but he, he gave it his all as Diviner and Pring. It certainly was a committed team performance, gave Watford nothing. It's just that final ball again uh, in the final third. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we missed some good... Uh, Tommy Conway missed a couple of good opportunities to play in, to play in Naki Wells. Uh, Conway's header was just over the bar. Feynman was was unlucky, but you couldn't see the difference between the sides. And if that's the best fourth place team, it just shows you. And I think Ian said this before: how open this division is. It's it's crazy. No team getting two points uh, per game at the moment. And City outplayed what what, what are, are, you know are promotion contenders. We're, it's just the goals that have got to come. But this is a good platform, and players will be back in time uh, post World Cup. So uh, if you can get those, that sort of display at the players with some goals we'll be looking at the league it's going to be a yeah. struggle but uh, we should be okay well let's so, say you know we sat there at one stage yesterday afternoon only needed Watford to get a goal and take the lead and we would have dropped into the bottom three as it was I think uh, Wigan and Blackpool was it they they drew I think West Brom were the uh, the winners down there and we are only I said only we're only seven points behind Millwall we were sat there in sixth place and as Ian said you know we put a good run together and who knows and I can remember I mean yesterday they were celebrating 97 98 promotion season when it was City and us 
jostling with Watford at the top. And I remember going to Watford just before Christmas and Sean Goto, I think, scored. It was 1-1 draw, 7,000 City fans up there. Mm. And at one stage, Watford had been 14 points ahead of us, but we managed to close that gap. And it can be done. And look at what Middlesbrough have done. You know, they've gone on a run. They're nicely in mid-table. Four points off the playoffs themselves. I know that's sort of three points ahead of us. But, you know, it's not... Um, it, that, we're taking a cup half view, taking those views. As Ian said a moment ago, you know, it's just two wins in 12 league games. I'm ignoring the cup game there. Winless in five. One win in the last seven home games. Disastrous statistics. But yesterday, as Neil said, he got a tune out of the team. Neil, looking at that team, I mean, Josh Lowe was not going to play. Tim Close left out. Um, it's the sort of situation with Tim Close that if we had Callas and his fitness, you could almost see, because he's had a few issues back home in Switzerland as well, we're, we're told, and he's just he doesn't seem to be on it. You could almost see a, a, a brunt situation having there with Kant, Con a contract cancelled by mutual consent because you know with with James at centre back it brought the best out of Zach and Pring didn't it and we've still got Callas and Atkinson was on the bench so do you think I'm sort of flying a kite saying you know that we might not see Tim Close play again? Well Dave you've done what I've been doing for the last year and called uh, Joe Lowe Josh Lowe who's obviously his dad and an old gaffer. <laughs> Well, there you go. Look, somebody well, I've said been, to me, I've been, I've I've been got doing to it. Sorry, I've got to say this. Somebody said about me that, you know, that I'm a good host, but my football uh, knowledge is a little bit limited. Thanks you said that. You know who they are. That's all right. You're yeah, most carry welcome. On. Carry on. Carry um, on. Yeah, I, I thought coming into the season, Tim Close would kick on. and But there are things going on behind the scenes, aren't there? I think. Yeah. For him not to even be on the bench yesterday was a bit strange. But... So, I, I did exactly the same against Swansea, Dave. I, I looked at the back three and thought, oh, my God, we are going to yeah. get. And yesterday I thought, oh, my God, we're, you know, it's going to be. And you know what? They played really, really well. Campering, excellent. Even Viner, who I'm through gritted teeth a little bit, but there we go, to acknowledge the fact that he played really, really. And King, yeah, but. It's strange because I think I think teams are coming to Ashton Gate now and they're not really putting us really going for it against us, if no. that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know, well, I thought Viner uh, Viner, I thought I thought that, that James in the middle, okay, he's not got the height, and the other lads aren't massive, but you know, Pring and uh, Zach had some of their best games, I thought, really. And the thing with Pring in a three, he hasn't got to make those lung busting runs, which probably for him, is better because he does seem to run out of puff after about 70 minutes I, in that. But, I, um, I, I, minute, sorry. sorry. I, I just... It's the left wing back for me. Oh, just Jay. Right. You well, know. Let, me ask Ian, let me ask Ian, Ian, your thoughts on, on the team. I mean, again, no Tim Close. Atkinson on the bench. Is it right to put a player that might break down in the 18? Is it better to start him since he's a recognised defender and then if he has to go off you bring a fit player on because if 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 Atkinson is carrying some sort of injury and Zach or Pring have to go off you know there's a chance that Atkinson comes on and breaks down I mean what did you think of those selections and that one in particular? Pearson said um, in his press conference 
my thoughts will be self-evident in emissions. So closer was left out. I wouldn't be surprised if he left the club by mutual consent. I said that in the last two podcasts um, and, and went back to Switzerland or yeah. um, retired or did something like that because something is wrong behind the scenes because he's not the same player as he was last year. Um, Atkinson on the bench, I think he's been ill but he played against Lincoln. So I, like most people, expected him to turn up. And I thought, I suggested a couple of teams in the week. One had King playing at centre-back on the basis that he's a player Pearson trusts and likes. The other one had Atkinson in the middle and Pring on the left and Viner on the right. Uh, and I thought, yeah, that would, you know, especially if, if Watford got Keenan Davis up front, who bullied us at Forest last year um but was brilliantly contained for the entire game i mean yeah. why billich didn't start with yao pedro and um ishmael sar i really don't know but to be fair they didn't make any difference when they came oh. on the field okay so and that sorry yeah in, in answer to in answer to your question closer yeah but i, I think pearson's got to the point now where we are we're, we're still struggling Let's let's not. If you look at our points record and our goal scored record over the last ten games, um, we've bought we've got one point a game, and one point a game over a season won't keep really you up. Now, we, yeah. we have had some better results in that, but I completely concur with something Neil said uh, in one of the last pods we did. I think it was last week's pod. That aside with fifty, it's very likely this season because it's so evil, even aside with fifty points. Is going to go down. Yeah, the third so, from bottom team could well be on that. Okay, yeah. Mark, Mark, um, it's all about getting your best players on the pitch. Yeah, and you know he certainly did that yesterday because Vyman at right wing back, he might have been tempted to put um, Alex Scott there, but I thought Vyman looked okay there. Yeah, and he didn't look any less contributing than he has done uh, as a striker this season. That's probably being a bit harsh because he did score the other week. But, uh, you know, William, Scott and James, that's your best midfield trio on paper. I thought Scott had a good game, unnecessary uh, booking. Um, Conway and Wells clearly are front two pairing that do work well together. I thought Naki Wells worked particularly hard. You know, there was a couple of, there was quite a few robust challenges uh, going in uh, on there. But uh, Mark, Viman at, at right wing back, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't let the side down at all there, did he? No, and and it, it was interesting. You know, normally if your wing backs are too high and you get caught out, it leaves a big hole. That the uh, that the, the uh, left or right sided centre backs have got to fill in. You know, you want to draw those players out by getting behind the wing backs. It's noticeable. Watford hardly did that. I think that's testament to how how tight we kept it between between mm. the lines. You know, kept it down to two two shots, and I think those were those were only right at the end of the game. Yeah. So, and do you think Zach? So much? Do you think Zach was had one of his better games because he had? I mean, Vyman doesn't play as a right wing back, but you know you've got one of the better players in your zone. I mean, Zach had Andy Vyman and out of position. Um, what's his name? King at, uh, at at centre back, but you know they seem to bring out the best in Zach, didn't they? Well, with Zach, sometimes if you've got big 
big, powerful players, lean, you know, leaning on him, dropping onto him, he could sometimes wilt. And Watford had some powerful players, you know, Keenan Davis, and they brought on Joe Pedro and Sarr, you know, in the tens of millions worth on paper, supposedly. They didn't wilt at all. Or Andy King. I thought that, that was excellent. You know, there were no one-on-ones, no no saves for, for Max to make at all. So, you know, the line in front of him was ex- was excellent. I thought that well, was You had really a good, good core there, didn't you? Because if you think, like, Williams, James is obviously protecting the back three, four, whatever. And Williams, he broke forward a bit more. But, you know, you look at, you've got King, Scott, James and Williams. You've got them all on the pitch, yeah? Which I think is the thing about having a side that he's got confidence in. Talking about sides with confidence in, I see uh, LJ's on one of his uh, runs. I haven't visited the Hibs forum, forum but uh, he's now lost six. <laughs> he's now lost six of the last seven. Goodness no, me. No, okay, no, let's no, get into no. the action. I said that. No one cares. Now move on, mate. Yeah, move on. Uh, was that Keenan? Was that somebody found it amusing that you were calling? Uh, we got, or I was confused. Keenan Davis, yeah, but he was ineffectual yesterday. I thought. But yeah. There we go. I know nothing about football, but uh, there we go. There you go. Um, there you go. Uh, I'd never professed to either, for that matter. I have opinions, but I know jack shit, but there we go. Uh, Neil, let's get into the action. Um, early doors, it was Conway had a shot that was uh, it was a bit tame, really. And then Naki Wells, turning provider, uh, the header was over. I mean, you know, it had the right direction. It had the wrong altitude. But that was pretty much it. Pretty much it. <laughs> Put my teeth in. Pretty much it in the first half, wasn't it? Yes? Anyway, <laughs> whatever that was. Neil, whatever that um, was. Yeah, I, that was the one shot on target in the first half for, for both yeah. teams, wasn't it? That dribbler. Can I just say something about Vyman at right wing back? Yeah, okay. The He brings an energy in a drive and a number of times yesterday, he would just drive through the centre, run through the centre in a way in which, you know, over to the left wing. And he's he's quite easy in some ways. Teams last year... And at the start of the season, man marked him out of the game. And I think yeah. if you play him at right wing back, it's a lot harder to man mark him. So actually, when you look at the goal he scored at Middlesbrough from right wing back, and yesterday, which we'll get to in the second half, fantastic save by the Austrian keeper, you know, those type of things demonstrate what can be achieved with somebody playing in the wing back position with drive and energy. And you know, poise, and we obviously just, just we have got that on the left hand side. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't got it on the left hand side. We've got yeah. somebody who checks back and wants about two or three touches each time, and hasn't got any pace to actually get around his man or attack space. So that's what I'll say about Vyman. Anyway, getting back yeah. to the action, <laughs> I, I thought the chance where Naki crossed over to um, Tommy. And that header, I thought that was a poor header, quite frankly. In in terms of in terms of the game where you're gonna get very few chances, I thought, you know, he was pretty unmarked there. And um I thought Naki did extremely well to get the cross into him. He had space, he had time, and he put it over the bar. Mm. Really. And in that situation you've got to make the keeper work at the very least. No, you have. Um... Oh, somebody's got their speaker in the background. No, it's okay. Um, let's go into the second half. And we talk about the 
off-field stuff with the uh, Nathan Baker later, but into the second half. Um, again, you know, Watford didn't, you know, they danced around a lot. They looked very good on the ball, but there was nothing, you know, I was again thinking, God, is that is that is that what a team with parachute payments play like? You know, a bit fancy Dan stuff, but I think Max had one of his easiest afternoons. But uh, Ian, um, that breakaway that chance that Conway had, I think it was either James or Pring, that set him uh, away. If he'd had that on his right foot, he'd have buried that in the corner, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, was that a bad miss or, you know, it was a good break and, uh, you know, just a bit unlucky that it just went narrowly past the post? The form he's in on either foot was a bad miss. Right. He didn't get he didn't get his angles right. He didn't, he didn't test the keeper. Um, and if you're going to not shoot very well at least get it on target I mean the guy could have let it it could have bounced over his hand and gone in the net anything could happen but he kicked it wide of the post um, and his run took him too wide he should have run it more towards the centre of the goal because that way if a defender comes in behind him he's going to clout him and he's going to, we're going to get a penalty <laughs> <laughs> I was going to he, ask Mark about penalties so don't, he, don't... he said the P word yeah. Yeah. So, but that's perhaps why we don't get them. In terms of the header, from where I sat, and I was right, almost right behind Naki Wells when he crossed it, it was just a bit too high for him. So he's either timed his jump wrong, or it was just a bit too high for him. And there was absolutely not a lot of power uh, in it. So I'd, I'd give him a pass on that one now. Yeah, it was a good save. It was a good save, but I'm not talking he, about. He, I'm not talking about Vyman's header. I'm talking about Conway's header. Yeah, we had it over the bar. Or early from, doors. From, yeah. From, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about Vyman's header since uh, you're you're uh, in the seat here. In 68 minutes, was it was it Jay? BBC said it was Jay that crossed the ball for it. But yeah, uh, it was Vyman's header. Vyman's header. You know, he he paced. It. He he knew where it was going, and that's what I said about pace. A little bit more pace. And that goes in, but then that was that was a it was a stunning save, Ian, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, you know, if you wanted to be hyper mega critical, he needed to get it closer to the corner um, than he did. But yeah, it was it was a good header from that distance on uh, a powerful, but a bit of a loopy cross, but very unusual for Jay to get a good crossing. Yeah, so, um, and I thought Jay's overall performance yesterday was good. His his control, his movement, his defending. But he is not going to get goals and assists. And we, we keep saying it every week. And, and it just remains to be a fact. And that's why, or it's one of the reasons why, we've scored seven goals in our last 10 games, which yeah. is, a, is a major worry. Because we're, we've played well in, against two of the top teams, Sheffield United and Watford. We've outplayed them. And we've picked up one point out of six. And we haven't and scored. That's on our own patch, and that's on our own patch as and, well. And we it? haven't yeah. we haven't scored a goal. Mm. And so we we need to get. I agree <laughs> with what Neil said about Andy Vyman, but we need to get him back as a productive forward and a sister, if there's such a word. Um, Provider, be, because because he he's wasted it it, it right wing back. I think he, but, he can play play well there, uh, and a lot of times just he defending. It was very much a back five. Okay, uh, Ian, hearing what you say there, Ian. Yeah, hearing what you say there about Vyman, but where do you fit him into that lineup? Because for me, you know, well, Conway... Last, and... last season, he got 20-odd goals and a, a, about 11, 12 assists playing as a 10. 
So that obviously yeah. can work. What we've got to do is go back to find a way to make it work because it suddenly stopped working. Well, because but then it was Wyman, Martin and Semenyo who got, what, 50 goals between them and actually contributed in terms of assists, yeah. two-thirds of them anyway. All right, Mark, um, uh, Ian mentioned the uh, P word. I want to ask you about, I think it was a couple of penalty incidents and then what was all this stuff going on with the... Gosling, but uh, the penalties. There was a high kick in Naki's face in the first half, and I'm trying to place there was another one in the second down the uh, well, far side from where I am. Did, well, there, were, know, there were two in the first half, weren't there? Naki Wells was in it was the, both, uh, was it? Yeah, Naki, yeah, yeah, both in the first half. Naki right. Wells was inside the area and he's being pulled back by his shirt. Whether I think some people say that it stopped when he was in the area, but he was his shirt was pulled. Uh, as he as he was just inside in the left channel in 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 the eighteen yard box, the second one I think it was Gosling. Uh, it's dangerous play. He's got his foot. He's got his foot high. The defender studs up uh, as Naki tries to head the ball. If it's VAR, right? I know we haven't got VAR. If it's VAR, that they would tell the referee to review on a pitch side monitor, and the, and the the high foot probably gets probably gets given. We don't. Have is that, that. an indi- so? Is that because that's dangerous play? I think that's da- that's dangerous play. What we what we seem to have in the um in the championship is I don't think the referees the, the, the referees tend to overrule the linesmen, or they don't they don't get very well supported by the assistants. I don't think in a lot of games. Sometimes a ref, linesman, assistant refs are afraid to, to give to give throw-ins. Um, I mean, they're all mic'd up. Uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't review he doesn't review it. That's 50, 50 and a half games now. Uh, back going back to the commentary game in the uh, in, in games, fifty and a half since we had one. fifty and, and a half games since we got game, a penalty. Explain. I should know the rule here. If it's if that's high kick in the f- general field of play, it's an indirect free kick, but. High kick in the penalty area, is that is that a pen or? Yeah, I believe. But well, it's, da- it's dangerous play. I mean, the referee's got mm. they've got a split second decision to make. Or he asks, he asks the, the assistant. It doesn't seem to happen in the in the championship. I mean, last year um, Scott was basically dropped on. Uh, you know, it's like a like a wrestling a wrestling mm. drop uh, when a player fell on him he, and he got nothing. Um, he wonder what we got to do to get to get a penalty. I mean, we don't. What we don't do is we don't make enough dribbles into the area. I mean, if you looked at uh, Scott's two runs against Sheffield United, those are the sort of runs you've got to make attacking yeah. fullbacks, possibly going inside to invite a chance. We don't do enough of that. But in terms of, um, uh, of you know, just. By you know the luck of the draw, we should have had one by now. Really, I mean, it's fifty and a half games. It's just crazy. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's off. It's off the charts. I think one's on the. I think one's on the horizon because there were a few dribbles into the box yesterday. I think I recall Tommy again lower lands down. You know, on my side, I thought you know just invite a foul on there. I don't even think if it's Alex Scott, you know, he might go down, but then he gets a reputation now, doesn't he? Yeah, for 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 going down. And Mark the Gosling situation, he he looked, he went down as though he'd been shot. I thought it was time wasting, and then there was a bit of banter with their uh, number four with a Masengo haircut and the crowd. And I've read in some comments that his Achilles is gone; he's out for the rest of the season, and people were being a bit harsh on him but was that how you saw it? and I think he was annoyed with his own bench because yeah I believe that he'd, he'd, he'd already signaled according to the football league show on uh uh on 
television. on Channel 5 or wherever, <laughs> wherever it is these days. I completely forget which channel's uh, covering it. Oh, ITV2, sorry. I think it's been on every single channel, hasn't it? Except yeah. Babe Station. Uh, but, but, but there you go. He'd already signalled to the bench and he was thumping the pitch. The, ball, the play run away. He was thumping the pitch in frustration because he was in pain. And you've got to feel sorry for, sorry for the guy. Well, I've just come up with an interesting stat, Go on. Uh, Dave. And I was thinking about it this morning. I mentioned it to Ian yesterday. In the first eight games, we had got uh, 14 points and 16 goals. In the next 13, only 11 goals and 10 points. Now, yeah. that threshold was when the Queen died. But momentum yeah. is everything, obviously. Just one of those things. But we would have played Preston. So we had a break then, uh, came back and played Norwich and Burnley and lost both those games. But we didn't play badly in both those games. But then there was another break after that, an international break on the 24th, uh, the weekend of the 24th, before we came back and get, and played QPR. So, you know, we've the, the goals have really dried up uh, yeah. post the Blackburn game. 16 goals, averaging two goals a game. We've only scored 11 goals in the next 13. No, and Semenya was on fire in those, in those, it's an impact sub mainly in those opening games. I don't know if he scored a goal since. Uh, he scored against, well, he scored is. against, he scored against Norwich, didn't he? I think. Uh, but after yeah. that, I, you know, his form is, is really gone backwards. Well, uh, our top, our top prospect now, he's number, he's number three, he's number three in my book. He's behind. Yeah, Scott I mean, there are mitigating circumstances with Naismith being out. Out. But really, the goals have dried up since then. The momentum we had yeah. after those first eight games and the goals have gone completely. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Neil, any thoughts on the the penalties? I mean, you know, the, 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 well, the penalties that, that weren't given and this continuous 50 games now is, is daft or are we, as Mark says, just not doing enough box entries and what have you? And, uh, I, do, I do you think... From my position in E32, Dave, I cannot understand why we didn't get a penalty for that Naki Wells. He's gone to head the ball and the guy's kicked him in the head. The foot, even if there's no contact, is dangerous play. Mm. And then he's gone down and the referee's gone across to him. And you, you saw Matty James go across the linesman and just go, he's just kicked him in the head. You know, he's... he's I don't know what we have to do. I know I listened to Pearson on the radio driving back to Clevedon and it was like, he just goes, well, we're not in control of it, are we? So he's just quite stoical about it and just say, you know, it's it's getting a bit farcical now. Well, really. it, it's, I think I mean, it's, got to the, it's got to the stage where I'm, I think we need VAR in the championship because in all, in all honesty, the standard of refereeing, you know, as we talked over the season, but... When it's fine margins and when the games are so tight, and I've put on the forums before that there's only two games this season that City have lost by more than one goal. Yeah. And yesterday, that, you know, had 1-0 written all over it, really, to either side yeah. in a game of very yeah. few chances. And yeah. really, I'm not quite sure how the ref can miss a high boot kick to the head. I'm not no, and the linesman's directly in front of it as well. Yeah, so that's, I, mean, that's I can't poor. quite see, but we just watched it in the dolmen and thought, how is that not? You know, it's not like it's on the floor and he's dived. No. He's kicked him in the head with a no, high boot. No, it was blatant. Well, I thought, you know, but it, it, it is what it is. And talking about VAR, I mean, I've, I've watched a little bit of Match of the Day uh, 
recently more than I used to do. Well, I say used to. I just don't, I'm, I'm really only interested in watching City, uh, mad as that may seem. Um, but I saw Jesse Marsh interviewed after the Tottenham game yesterday, and he was bemoaning the foul on his keeper leading up to the equalising goal that they got. And he, the, the keeper was clearly impeded. And the, the commentator said, well, you know, do you think the referee, you know, he should be have something in his ear coming from VAR. You need to look at that because that goal would have been disallowed. But he said, happens all the time. Um, Ian, referee yesterday, Dave Webb, um, yeah, he, I thought he let the game flow, but there's a lot of shirt-tugging going on from Watford at all stages of the game. And there were some pretty juicy challenges. What did what did you think of the ref's performance yesterday, Ian? Well, I think all the referees have been told to that every contact isn't a foul and to not blow up for every single thing, albeit the guy at Middlesbrough last week did. Mm. And you can normally tell what's going on at the end or what type of game it's been uh, by the free kick count. Uh, having said that, yesterday there were 25 fouls given, so you wouldn't want them to give many more. But um, I think when the refer- where the referees get it wrong, if it's a blatant foul, now that one yesterday, if there's contact, the rules are, if there's contact, it's a penalty. Mm. If there's no contact, it's dangerous play and an indirect free kick. So they'd have to line all their players up on the line. We'd have a free kick from uh, six yards out, wherever. All right, that's what I, that that's what I thought. That was my interpretation okay. of the rules. So that it's high kick, indirect free kick. Yeah. All right. So that's that's the rules. So it was one or the other. It certainly wasn't nothing. Yes. Um, so the one where there was a bit of tugging going on with him and the other guy that I've seen on Twitter. Yeah, that yeah, that's in the line of I've seen them given. It happens, but some, mostly it's not given. So, um, but I, I'll, I'll come back to the, the point that Mark was very eloquently making, and that I made about the, the games. We've stopped our problem as a team is that we've stopped scoring goals because when we score goals, uh, I'm going to sound like Brendan Rogers here. Score goals, win games. Um, you, you, you're going to yeah, that's what we need to do. Uh, obviously, if we can start keeping clean sheets as we did yesterday and didn't look like conceding, as you said, it was a Max probably had his easiest game of the season. Um, then there is hope that if we start getting one goal a game, it'll be three points instead of one or none. But we need to, something's gone wrong in terms of our um, uh, our attacking prowess. Now, mm. it's up to the coaches over this period. They say, you know, ha- have we thrown the baby out with the bathwater in terms of trying to correct the defence? Because we got the defence right yesterday. And if you want to be pedantic, there was only one real central defender playing in central defence because Pring's a wing back. Zach can play with uh, uh, full back. Uh, so we'll call Zach a proper central defender. King has been a midfield player all his career. Yeah. So, it, but it's just a matter. Perhaps Kingy was organising it, and I think he had a good game. The one thing he can do is bring the ball out of defence and pass it. Exactly, so, and he can do that. And at his age, because thirty-four, there's some players that have gone on. Well, look at look at Ronaldo, thirty-nine. Yeah, but him, he doesn't have to chase around in that position, and he can see the game. Yeah, know? and okay, he had a player playing out of position, Pring alongside him, and 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 Zach. 
who's got always got an error in him potentially. But as a three, they look good. Now, is it they were that good or were Watford that piss poor up front? That's the question, well, isn't it? I, well, I think Watford missed a bit of a trick by not pushing Keenan Davis further up on King. Uh, and and in the first half, they let us have a lot of the ball playing out that they didn't in the second. Billets changed that, and and that made us go long more, and it made us okay. uh, reasonably ineffective. You know, we had that one long ball out to Voiman for the flick on, and yeah. and that's why we didn't play as well in the second half as we as we did in the first. And why, you know, we I think we created one clear cut chance, no two, the Voiman header. And the Conway shot. I can't remember another what I'll call clear cut chance. We missed no. we missed one one clear cut chance. I think there was a free kick played into the area, and King opted to try and side foot it across to Wells instead of mm. taking a shot. He had the goal to aim at. He should have he should have uh, had a shot. Yeah, he went. For, well, he went well for I'll stick I'll stick with you. I'll option. stick with you, Mark, just to wrap up on the on the game. I mean, four corners. Our, our dead ball utilization of isn't. That great. I mean, that needs to be improved, doesn't it? Yeah, it wasn't the worst yesterday, but um, wasn't that great, was it? No, I think there was one that went to the near post. It just, you know, <coughs> it was it already already got off the ground. It looks like we're scared to toss it in the area and and lose the aerial yeah. challenge. But it does it does tend to come back about twenty yards, and we try and recycle it. Um, I mean, sometimes it's better to, to play it to the back post. Have a guy running from the corner of the eighteen yard box. At least you know, try and vary vary those corners up a bit. We haven't got the. I mean, there was one Rob little Atkinson routine. Tim closer. Yeah, there was one little routine yesterday that looked like it had been worked on the training ground. I think it might have been a free kick rather than a corner, and it didn't come to anything. But that was in the second half, attacking the south stand, where I think they played it short, and then it went in quickly to somebody in the box who couldn't get their shot away. But uh, yeah, you know, plenty... that, was, that was that was probably Andy King and he he, he did opted not to shoot. We don't right. shoot. That's the thing. We don't we don't take shots. Uh there's no need taking shots from you know outside the area. We do turn and tend to work a lot of chances <laughs> in the area. We're not trying to score the perfect goal sometimes. Well it's, talking it's about difficult. shots from outside the area just made me remember what about that effort that Pringy was trying to keep the ball in so he just lapped it. And it almost went in the far side. That was when we were attacking the uh, the attitude. But no, I mean a lot of contenders for man of the match yesterday, and uh, you know we won't we we won't bother to give our analysis of that. Um, what um, Mark? Because well, you know all the stats. What was the crowd yesterday? I heard them say twenty one thousand five hundred and one walking out the ground, but then BBC got twenty three thousand five hundred and one. Does anybody know what was it? What it was? Twenty one thousand. It was say down to twenty one. Yeah, it says twenty three. Yeah, it says BBC made made a mistake. All right, Neil. Not the, um, for the first time. <laughs> yeah, uh, Neil. Uh, why, 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 why? It's festive of remembrance match yesterday, and the bugler got one note wrong, but not as many notes wrong as a bloke at a match that was on TV uh, last week uh, displayed. What is it about our fans that we don't know the meaning of a word amid its silence? Because it seemed pretty clear to me that you know, the ref, yeah, you know, they're going to do the last post, and then there's going to be a minute's silence, and then everybody starts clapping. What's all that about? <laughs> <laughs> eh? are, we, are we questioning the average intelligence of a Bristol City? I don't fan? know, but it always happens. You know, we ask for a minute's silence, we get applause. We ask for a minute's well, yeah, I cannot. We're remember. not. The sh- we're not the sharpest bunch in the uh, sharpest tools in the box, Dave, are we? 
generally, oh, I think. I don't know. There we go. I don't know. But, but yeah, uh, I thought that when we did it, but then some of the, I think the applause actually from my position in the Dolman started in the Watford end. Yeah, there was a couple of videos. So straight afterwards, yeah, well. yeah, then they quieted, then they were respectful, and then the the applause started in the Watford end, and then I think the whole of the rest of the ground went, oh, right, okay, we're oh, applauding. Right, let's do that. And, like, then the ref, they, they, and then the yeah. ref just looked at his linesman's and went, oh, stuff it. Let's, let's just, just crack get on, on with it. Yeah, let's crack on, on crack on, crack on. And 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 staying with the sort of ceremony and what have you, uh, good to see uh, Nathan Baker uh, appear. I think I've seen the video clip and I think he was uh, quite emotional, as anybody would be. And Pearson seemed to be very, uh, you know, conciliatory uh, with him, patting him on the back and putting an arm around him and what have you. I mean, he has been a loss to City, and it's tragic to lose a player for the reasons that we have done, isn't it? Yes, because there must be some big underlying problems uh, there, but it's good to see him a bit of fond farewell to, uh, to the didn't you, didn't you find it completely bizarre that it was at half-time? <laughs> I think, think that was because... They had promoted it, hadn't they? They, they did... Yeah. yeah. It had been promoted I, but the, but that, the, th- the thing of the team coming on and then we're all posing for photos and there's this big team thing and I'm like we have got a second half to play yeah Watford weren't out at the time but no I know I know and it it was like it was I mean Pearson absolutely loves Baker doesn't he he apps his body language and when he talks about Baker and when Baker retired that that video compilation they put together of his uh so-called greatest hits and you're just like that one against QPR when he yeah. <laughs> was that one where he was sent off? Laugh. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I can remember yeah. that. It's just like I think I think he was still going when the guy gone up in the air. He was. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a wet pitch, wasn't it? And you knew, and you knew a challenge, a sliding challenge. He's the, ult- he yeah. the ultimate mark. He's the ultimate committed defender, isn't committed. he, Baker? Yeah. Oh, God, I mean, when he went for a challenge, he went for a challenge, didn't he? He didn't hold back in any shape yeah. or form. It was, yeah. no, it, was any it, was very, it was very touching and very, very, very nicely done nice by the club. Do. Nice thing to yeah, do. Yeah, very yeah, nice. Your, your, your yeah. memories, your memories of uh, Nathan Baker. I know we used to say on a pod that you know he, he he's had more only half a game instances and uh, a lot of other players. But what I mean, what what is it? Is it he suffered double concussion that it's too not safe for mm-hmm. him to play, or is it what what? I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's been in the public domain precisely what. Why is he retired, Ian? What are your lasting memories of him? Well, I always remember, I think it was Lee Johnson said that he defended like he'd been fired out of a gun. <laughs> and, and, and I think my, my, my enduring memory of Baker was heading the ball off a guy's toe, led on the floor. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> He had two concussions very close together. Um, I don't know if you saw this week, there's a group of 20 ex-players who are suing the FA and everyone else involved uh, for not looking after them properly. Nobby Styles is one of them, or the family of Nobby Styles is one of them, uh, because there's obviously a problem there. Now, I can see there's, all, there's certain age groups in football. Um, I haven't got any young children that are playing football or grandchildren that are playing football yet, uh, but they're not allowed to head the ball 
uh, uh, up, up until I think they're about. I don't know, it might be 16. I'm not somebody who correct It's, it's under 12, Ian. Under 12. Under, under 12, is it? Right. Yeah. So, which which makes you realise that actually, I mean, you look at the balls that I used to play with is as a, a young man at school, and I remember having a lace print on my forehead because the ball <laughs> would get so muddy and so heavy, and it was made of, it was like a pig's bladder inside leather. And if that hit your head, it, it literally was, it could be like heading a breeze block, um, particularly if you didn't edit properly. If you let it catch you on the top of the head or something, it felt like... Yeah, yeah. Because it absorbed the water. Well, it, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, and, and if somebody says on here, well, that, ex- that explains a lot of things. Yeah. Oh. But I, I, but no, I, so I can, there's obviously, it doesn't do a human being a lot. It's a bit like boxing, isn't it? It doesn't do a human being any good having your head continually rattled. Um, yeah. But would you and, say, and just picking up because there's a wider issue here, would you say, because, you know, like the, 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 the Wokey Brigade or whatever you want to call them or the health and safety people, oh, you can't have heading in football. I would say that heading a football now with the lightness of the balls, right, if you ban heading in football, you outlaw, you ban boxing full stop even boxing with headgear. Because what I was going to say, heading a ball, a football now is probably no different in terms of impact on the brain than doing boxing with headgear. That's well, interesting. I think Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think you've got to look at a lot. I mean, if you look at American football, for rugby unions, another one, they, they've calculated, clever people have calculated that playing a game of rugby union um, at international level is like being involved, being involved, uh, or a car hitting you at thirty miles an hour at the end of the game. That can't be good for you. Um, no. So, w- I think we're going to have to look at the, the whole head injury. It was definitely the, the head injury with Nathan. I, I don't know the personal details. I don't want to know the personal details. It would seem yeah. that there's some kind of neurological damage. Um, so, God bless him. I mean, at thirty-one. Having to retire from your desired profession is heartbreaking. I don't care yeah. what you are. And he, um, I thought he looked pretty trim when he came out as well. You know, he looked like he... Yeah, I mean, it, it was never a problem with... Ba- well, Baker um, is uh, one of those one of those guys that, let's be honest, Nathan Baker missing games through injury was hardly unpredictable because the season, I think, before Pearson got here, yeah, it was, it was uh, or the season that Pearson got here, he missed almost the entire season with an injury pre-season against Villa. So he'd had a lot of trouble with injuries, uh, a lot of trouble with yellow cards and leaving the field before half time. So it wasn't unpredictable. And that's why it was always a risk um, when we we re-signed him along with Andy Vyman. Now, the Andy Vyman one came off 100%, 10 out of 10. The Nathan Baker one didn't and it, it but you wouldn't have wanted a player to have anybody not a player anybody to have that kind of injury and god bless him and i, and I hope he's um i hope he's all right and i hope he has a long well, enough life him and his family yeah no that's good mark um the other celebration yesterday seemed a bit of an odd time to have it all those 25 years uh is is, is an anniversary, an anniversary by itself um 
the 97-98 promotion uh, team, I had the privilege 18 months ago of interviewing John Ward. as uh, a podcast episode down here that's downloadable. I put it up on Twitter the other day. But uh, some of them we've we've seen fairly regularly, Gary Hours in particular, uh, but um, that was a that was a that was a decent team that was. And uh, but the one the one that, that got me that looked totally different bloke was uh, the goalkeeper Keith Welsh. Who Keith after he finished, I think he had some uh, poor health. But what are your memories of the ninety seven ninety eight promotion team? And I see the goat was out there uh, as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean Sean Goater, what what an assured finisher one on one. And I think if he'd have stayed. Um, after the transfer deadline, I mean, he couldn't take a, he couldn't refuse Man City, even though they were getting relegated, because they went down to uh, what is now League One. The following season, we're playing, you know, the likes of Bristol Rovers. You, you know, think it's it's crazy yeah. now, but that's he decided, it's interesting he decided you bring to that, do that. It's interesting you bring that particular point up, Mark, because John was interviewed by uh, Jeff Twentyman uh, before the game, and he he. Um, he felt, uh, you know, that it, it, the board said, you're selling your best striker. And it wasn't a case that we couldn't stop him going to Man City. Yeah, I think that in, in the same way that missing Bob Taylor for the last six games of 89-90 uh, season cost us the championship that year. Would you agree with me, Mark, that losing Gota probably may finish uh, second uh, fiddle to... Uh, Watford and John incidentally brought up that famous Watts, Watford game, which was played about two days after the uh, American football had taken place on the pitch. Yeah, what's an interesting twist though to that season, and a lot of people have forgotten, but we we wouldn't, is when Gota went, uh, uh, John Board brought in a couple of players. He brought in Sean McCarthy, who was a bit of an old war horse from Oldham on loan. But he also brought in a young player, Jason, Jason Roberts. Roberts from Wolves, but. Jason had a fantastic game against Oldham, and I think we won. We won three-one away. That really sealed it. sealed it on a Friday night, live on Sky, uh, and really sealed it. But I think the next game, uh, he was dropped in favour of McCarthy. Now, Jason Roberts, I think, is the nephew of Cyril Regis. Uh, Cyril sadly passed away, and then Jason was offered the chance to go and play for Grenada. In some in an international, right. and Cyril, I, I, I think I believe advised him to take it. You know, having been snubbed, however, whatever way you look at it, by John Ward, but he was a raw player. Um, you know, but well, nice he went to on to enjoy the season. He went on yeah, to, he went enjoy to, went to Rovers career. the following season. He yeah, did. he went to Rovers the following season. Had a an amazing uh, um, um, partnership, I think, with Jamie Curtin and they and Bobby blew Zamora it. as well. Yeah, and yeah. they and they blew it in the final games. They should have got promoted. They didn't even get in a playoffs on the end. They they, they no, that's right. Blew, blew up. That's right. But yeah, we, we we still had a chance. We had Jason Roberts on loan, young, hungry. You know, he he had no fear in him at all. Or, but uh, Ward favoured McCarthy, and I think we lost the final game. I think it was two-one away to Preston, and, and, and Watford saw it out, and they won the championship. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Neil, any memories for you from ninety-seven, ninety-eight in particular? Yeah, just going back to Mark's point there. I went to Preston away, and it was a le- it, McCarthy. It was about two or three days after his dad died, and he still turned out on loan, and he scored his only goal in that loan spell. I remember, and he. He did this somersault and then backflip, and everybody just stopped in the ground and watched a really fat guy doing a backflip. <laughs> and 
and it was really unexpected, but the ground was still sort of shaking about five minutes later or whatever, really. <laughs> but I think the thing with Jason Roberts was, um, did he not, after the Oldham game, I thought he went and played for Grenada, didn't tell John Ward what he was doing. Right. And then that yeah, led I think to that the, was it. And that, yeah, that was it. Then. Then. Rather than him not being picked, I think it was... He was given he a choice, went. and that's why he was dropped. That's my recollection. That and then they just had a falling out, and he went back to Wolves, and, and he straight and that's away. Probably, if you put John Ward on the spot there, you'd say, do you, you know, the question, the key question is, do you regret how you handled Jason Roberts? Because I think he would have gone on. He could have got us the goals at clinched the championship, and we may well have signed him permanently, yeah, and not have the debacle that was 98-99 season. Although we did go out and sign Adi Akinbai, who was top scorer in the league, I think, in a relegation. We bought three front. forwards, didn't we? Yeah, we bought, Sir, we bought Cern, Cern oh. Anderson, and I was told by a, a Danish person that his name was pronounced Cern, not Soren. And Tony yeah. Ford, I think, was signed... Was that without Ward's knowledge the following season? You know, he spent a million on him. He, he'd been at Fulham, yeah. hadn't he? Uh, gone from Luton. Yeah. And he didn't do... I mean, he he was loaned out during that during that uh, that championship season. He, I he think uh, Lenartson... Yeah. I know we're digressing a little bit, talking about the following season, but I think Benny Lenartson has said that Tony Thorpe is the worst professional he's ever had to manage. I think he's got like about two or three goals at championship level. He never really did it at championship level. Thought, yeah, oh, he did it. He that. did it at League One, prolific at League One level, but yeah. never really did it yeah. at at that sort of top level no. in the championship. Okay. But the um, going back to that season, the ninety seven ninety eight, uh, Dave, um, we ground out a lot of results that that year. Looking back at, it, I've I've got that book that they did somewhere, yeah. and I was looking at I it before, it me, yeah. and there was a yeah. there was a lot of one nils, wasn't there? Yeah, really. Yeah, and Sean Taylor was just immense, wasn't he? What he was. a leader on the park! What a leader on the park. Coming yeah. to it, you know, everybody he would run through brick walls for you. Uh, you know, the, the amount of times he had that Terry Butcher bandage round his head and yeah. all the rest of it. And okay. yeah, he, he was he was on a downward curve after being in the Premier League with Swindon and all the rest of it. But as a leader on the field, he was immense. That's another one we've done I'll an interview with in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, was a good player as well, and you know we don't hear much about him. But Adam Locke at right back, he was good yeah. at getting forward and getting crosses over. He was. It. Much a bit of an unsung, unsung hero. Colin Cram, uh, yeah. City. Colin Cram, yeah, um, uh, quite, yeah. He quite had quite an interesting career since City. I think <laughs> if you, if yeah. you, if you people know about about Colin Cram, but we had great goal scorers. Mickey Bell's Mickey Bell's free kicks. Brian Tinian still in his pomp, you know, with that one of a foot. Scott Murray, I think, was signed Scott was on the uh, around March. Yeah. I mean, the goal, the assist he got for Goater against Bristol Rovers. And he got a ball that was basically going out for a, for a, a goal ki- a, a goal kick, and he wrapped his foot round it, and Goater's there near post. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's so strong, yeah. Goater. Cracking there. Um, your your thoughts on the ninety seven ninety eight team? Then I'm just going to ask you each one more question, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it for today. But uh, any memories? And Keith Welsh, in your memory of him, and alongside other Bristol City goalkeepers of uh, your time. Yeah, Welsh was a decent goalkeeper, but I think we've pretty much, you guys have pretty much killed all our yesterdays, haven't you? <laughs> all right, you miserable get. Yeah, Here's Ian with all our tomorrows. Here we go. Right, so we have got, right, this is just this is just the, the, the final piece now. Well, sort of. Uh, um, 
we've got a break now, but then we go into a sequence of five games in 22 days. That will bring us up to 26 games played. It's New Year's Day, Rotherham away, Stoke home, West Brom home, then Millwall and Coventry away. 26 games played. Um, you know, it, we've got this mini pre-season. I'll stick with you, Ian, and then I'll come to each of you one last time for this episode. Um, what, what, would, and we've got very few players, we've just got one player going to the World Cup, which is Antoine, I think. What would your advice be to Nigel Pearson as we approach this pre-season, knowing where our problems are, knowing the mental gap that we seem to have whenever we've had a break, and that goes back to all our seasons at this level. But what would you hope that Nigel Pearson is going to use the next four weeks first? Uh, you, Ian, first. Well, the first thing that he needs to do is to decide what his best team is. And that means, I think, getting Callas and Naismith fit. Uh, but I think getting Callas fit and back to where he was is a massive stretch because by the time he comes back, he'll have been out for nine or ten months. Yeah. Effectively. I know he came back for a couple of games, but he he was injured. He had an operation to put a lot of wear and tear right. He then came back from that injury and broke down and got another injury. He then came on the field for a few minutes um uh in two games. I think it was the Millwall game in West Brom away, and then he got injured again. So I think expecting Callas to come back and play the last 25 games of the season is honestly a bit of a stretch. What do we need? Well, we need to be picking up somewhere around 1.5 points a game. That's what we need. The other thing he can use this period for is to double down with his recruitment team and decide exactly what we're going to do in January in terms of certain players we can, uh, if anything, loan out that we don't need. I was what I was thinking of yesterday is what if you could do a loan deal and put Chris Martin out on loan and get in a younger, possibly taller number nine because that's the sort of player that any of our strikers could play next to and, and possibly need because yeah. WSM worked last season because M was in there and he was linking play. However, we look at it, it worked brilliantly last season and they got so many goals and so many assists. M isn't there. Semenyo missed pre-season again. Um, and it, for the last few weeks, has either been played out of position or has had one eye on, or both eyes on the World Cup. So I hope, another hope, is that he comes back injury-free. Because yeah. this is the thing that did O'Dowda's career at Bristol City. He kept missing Bristol City games and then having Lazarus moments where he troop off and join the Republic of Ireland and then come back and say, oh, I'm injured. So that those those are my hopes. So right. sort out what your best team is, sort out your recruitment, because that starts 1st of January. So you should have it done before then, because he said if, if players come in, he wants them in early. So that's ins and outs. There's a possibility if we're still short of a centre-back, why not recall Taylor Moore? Yeah, um, I think, thought that. Okay, so, so that's... Uh... That's that's enough to be getting on with. Yeah, and I understand it. The players are having a week off, then they're back in 
back in training and he's going to organise a behind closed doors. Oh, all right. That was what I was... T- I, I thought he'd give them some time off, so just a week, I think, yeah. is fine. And a decent behind closed doors friendly, I think, well, is an we need, we need, I would say, what we've got now, 24 points. I think we need uh, another 21 points. Uh, gets us uh, to, what, 55? Yeah. 45. 45. So it needs, yeah. to be, needs to be... We need 30... 31-ish points, to I think, to be safe this it's season. It's a point and a half a game. You, Ian, you've just said it. It's a point and a half yeah. a game for the remainder of the season. All right, um, Mark, uh, briefly, uh, what are you hoping that uh, Nigel's going to do in this break? Um, I mean, you will have George Tanner back. Uh, I mean, we don't. I mean, it could have, could seriously affect a lot of sides. I mean, a four week break is is a huge thing. It's it's another pre season. I mean, COVID was probably about eight twelve weeks, wasn't it? Uh, out that affected the nineteen twenty season. So it gives Callas and Naismith a chance to get fit. You got um, you got George Tanner who will return from his his ban, who can certainly play right wing back, and he can shoot. If you uh, if you saw his shot that rattled the post, I think against Sheffield United, he can certainly hit the ball. Um, and I would love to see Cam Pring playing left wing back. If you've got Rob Atkinson playing left centre back, then you could put Cam Pring, who's more direct, um, give you more of more of an attacking option and and defensive. You know, have a bit of pace playing it left it left wing back with Jay is is an impact sub. So that gives you something to build on. There's not many changes you can make in the centre, so you've just got to create those chances. And I don't think Antoine Semenya is guaranteed to go to the World Cup of Ghana. I, I googled last night. I don't think they're seeing their squads released until Monday. Oh, so, well, no. But if he's not going, then they've. Well, got there's an interesting there. twist yesterday. I mentioned this to Ian. Callum Hudson Adoy, who's made three senior appearances for England, yeah. uh, but before the age of 21, was offered the chance uh, because of his Ghanaian father to play to go to the World Cup, but he's turned it down. Uh, so you know that was an interesting twist, yeah. but so Antoine's not guaranteed a non-form. He's you know he's he's not. He's in not going to be there. He's not done with a goal to do that. Okay, Neil, um, your your uh, hopes. It probably isn't. I don't think you'd see Jay coming back as an impact sub in uh, any stretch of the imagination. But uh, you know what are your what are your hopes? Lessons that he might learn or whatever over the next four weeks. The hopes over the next four weeks when we're not playing. Yeah. What do you think? What do you hope they're doing? Do a bit, of, do garden, do a bit of gardening, Neil? Yeah. What do you hope is happening at the HPC after their week? Oh, before? don't call it that. Oh. Please. Oh, Shut up, Neil. Look, I, I, I think defensively, I've been really surprised by us defensively last four games. Do you know what I mean? I, that, you look at it and we were at absolute bare bones, weren't we? And all... Setting the Lincoln game aside, in the league, there's a few players there that have done themselves a hell of a lot of credit last few games, isn't there? The Prings of this world that were a bit of an outcast. Viner, got to take it. You know, even King at the end of the day. Tanner, I thought, had a couple of assured games before losing it against Sheffield United. So I think there's some players that have done themselves justice. Moving into, you know, that time around January, I think we need to get some of the fringe players out on loan if they're not going to be offered contracts. So I would exactly the point about Martin potentially, but also Masengo, also Bentley. I think it's fair to say Bentley hasn't got a future at the club. I think Max is 
we'll we'll have we'll take up the option with Max now and you've got Stefan Bajic. So these players you try and get them out on loan. It's difficult to get them fully off because they're on decent wages, but you get them out, maybe that gives you a little bit of room to get a couple of loans in. Because I think we do need we do need some quality at wing backs. If we're gonna persist with these wing back, we need and I completely agree with Ian's point about Vyman. You need him somewhere else other than wing-back. He's a great player in the team, but you need him somewhere else other than wing-back. So you need quality there. And on the left, yesterday, my last piece on Jay, I know that we're talking about, every time he gets the ball and he goes forward, he checks back. He's got the Calamo Dowder check back about him. <laughs> and and he just needs to drive. There was a time in that, in about 85th minute, he, he could have he had about 20, 30 yards in front of him and he checked back and he passed it into Scott, who had two guys on him and then got badly fouled from behind. And yeah. you're just like, come on, Jay. You know, you need to be driving. And then there was another time in the second half when um when he got the ball down the left, uh, their guy slipped and Antoine was free in the centre. And if he got his head up, chipped the ball in, Antoine was unmarked, but he wanted another couple of touches again. Yeah. And he hasn't got the pace to get around players. And he, he needs a couple of touches there. He's not a left wing back for me. No. So okay. I would hope for loan signings around, depending on um, our, our defensive sort of things. But I, I, I like the three in midfield now. I think they work better as a three with James... Scott and Williams there. I think Williams has come on leaps and bounds the last few games and they all work. So I'm not too concerned in the centre other than the fact that we need a little bit more productivity from them like um, like we've spoken about. So right. hopefully a few out on loan, create some space. Let's get a few loan signings in. Summer is the massive clear out and the reset, hopefully in this division. Hopefully in this division, I think. Echo, echo. I think, uh, yeah, summer. I, I, if we play like we played on Saturday against Watford, we ain't going down. Uh, Ian, Mark, and Neil, thanks for your contribution. We may do a pre season uh, thing early December, uh, but thanks to everybody who's uh, listened uh, today and enjoy the World Cup. Zero expectation from uh, England going forward. Uh, Ivan Tony certainly proved yesterday why maybe he should have been included, but there we go. Gentlemen, have a good World Cup. Nice talking with you all. Thanks, everybody, for listening. All the best. Good luck. Everyone. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Gonna put my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bow, bow, bowing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When red, red robins are bob, bob, bobbing along.
children come bob-bob-bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along.